I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Barry Worthington. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. We're back this week with a full Easter program to look forward to. I've got to say, the feeling amongst the uh, the podcast crew tonight is is quite good because the wages have been paid and early. I think that gains us one point back, doesn't it? I'm just thinking of all those poor children who might not have got their Easter eggs. Well, if you nip into the supporters club on Monday, there's free Easter eggs for the kids in there. I've seen that advertised, blue ones. Kids and committee members, VIPs. Just got to say, other Easter eggs are available from Tesco's Asda. Netto as well. What happens to Netto? Will we be bought out and closed down, do you think, by uh, a bigger podcast? Is it me or the blue Easter eggs for the latics sound so much better than cherry Easter eggs? Yeah. I mean, that just does sound horrible, doesn't it? This week, the Blackpool tickets arrived for the game on the 15th of April, and they were sold out in 45 minutes. So I in demand, there's only 1,800 and odd. It was no surprise that they didn't get sold pretty sharpish. But once again, a big following to Blackpool. Do you think people will be turning up without a ticket? You'd like to think not, but it's not a difficult place to get to, is it? If people's booked a weekend, they're already, you know, with in the open getting one. Because like when they usually give us three and a half thousand, you know, you've got you've got best part of a day to get hold of it, not best part of an hour. Somebody's booked an hotel and, and that and fancy the weekend, they might be been left disappointed. Yeah, they're the sort of things that you do in advance. So you look at your fixtures and you think, Yeah, that might be a place I want to go to. Also this week, Reading points deduction been confirmed. So six points deducted, drops them down from forty six to forty. Straight into the mix. I bet they're thinking now that was a big point for them at Bristol City, wasn't it, on Saturday with the, the what I called the Andy Carroll cross, even though it was a header. <laughs> they got some power on that, didn't they? Was it Lucas Joe who managed to get the finishing touch? The strange team, Reading, because they're absolutely awful, but they've like all season they've been, I mean, early on when we played them, they were top of the table, weren't they? Some other news coming out of the club this week. Uh, Daniel. Sinane, been confirmed that it's his hamstring that's gone, and they're looking at four to five weeks, so possibly seeing the last of Daniel Sinane in a Wigan athletic kit. He started to get better embedded any week on week, and mm. obviously he won the penalty against QPR, so he's going to be a, a big miss. Who we bring in instead of him? I don't really know. Do you bring Tello straight in? Does he start? Do you bring Charlie White in? I know he's left out tactically, but maybe he, he gets a nod now, so... And it opens a space for somebody, but he did start to add a bit of pace and creativity in our in our forward line, which I think will be a miss. Preview the match in a moment, but I, I think there's pretty much a dead cert that, that Naylor will come in through. I think we'll tighten it up. Sean Maloney was talking about Tello, weren't he? He said he, he, he played a number 10 or a number 8. No, I've never heard that before. I've never heard the number 8 position. So I was trying to, trying to work out what it was. What's the number 8? Max, Max Power. <laughs> Charlie, you've been casting your eye over the development squad this week, haven't you? And uh, in the particular in the game away at Charlton. Yeah, our under-21s went down to the Valley. They played Charlton Athletic. Luke Brennan got two goals for us, but we did lose 4-2 in that game. There was assist from Abdi Sharif, who we know is a previous FA Cup youth winner with Liverpool. He's in our youth ranks. And also Yusuf Shentouf got an assist as well. 
That does leave us second to Sheffield United in the table still. They're, they're walking the league, though. They're about 20 points ahead of everybody else, so they're doing really well. Next up, we do have the Central Cup semi-final, which is at Christopher Park on April 7th for playing Rochdale. Fans are allowed to go in, so if you're around at the time, get down there, kickoffs at 11am. And then after that in the league, we play Reading at the DW Stadium, which I can only imagine fans are going to be going to as well. So a couple of games there for the under-21s. Under-18s, their, their last game, they did play Sheffield United in the in the league. They lost 5-1 to them. It's, it's been a bit of a tough season for our under-18s. They're down in ninth in the table. It's a 10-team league, so they're, they're right down at the bottom. There is a few players that are going to be leaving us, but we did induct about 15 new players, I think it was. And they were there at the DW when we played QPR, so... You might have seen them come on the field, do a photo shoot. So next season, we have got a, a big influx of, of players that are coming in, which is great. And there is a new under-21 that we've had play for us as well. Uh, it goes by the name of Callum McManaman. You might know him. It was an interview with Sean Maloney, uh, where he was asked about Callum Mack, and he said, well, we're trying to help him get his career back on track. He's one of our own. He's come through the ranks here, and uh, we'll, we'll give him all the help he needs. So he's, he's training. We've been training with us for a week four or five week and uh we're trying to get him up to match fitness so that that's good it's good that we can that we help former players 10 years mm-hmm. on as well it's amazing yeah. how it works out isn't it he's here doing a bit 10 years on from being the star player in the fa cup teammates on the day you mentioned Sheffield united though charlie obviously on friday we good friday we're down at Bramall Lane where we're going to be playing Sheffield United. And in the build-up to the game, we've heard from Johnny of the Showroom View Sheffield United YouTube channel. And he's given us a little bit of a rundown on the blades. So we'll have a, a quick listen to that. Hi, uh, this is Johnny from the Showroom View Sheffield United YouTube channel. We're at the business end of the season. Are the blades in good form or just grinding out results? Strange one, bit of both, really. It depends which shift United you get on the day, which how we've been set up and which players have been selected. We're very capable of doing both. The problem is some games we, we've come out and we've been stuck in second gear and won 1-0, lost to Luton, lost to Borough, lost to Blackburn away. Other games we knock it into third gear, beat Sunderland away, played brilliant football, beat Blackburn in the cup. The problem is we're capable of a lot more. We, we slipped into maybe top gear for 10 minutes against Norwich, pasted them for a bit. Look what we did earlier in the season before the World Cup break. We were flying. We were lining up attacking, going out to win games. and that. So I think the short version of what I waffled on and said is, it's a bit of both, really. Eckenbottom, good fit at the lane. How highly do you rate him? Now, now, I love Eke. He's got a great record at the lane, great stats. He can be very frustrating. He learns from his mistakes, which is brilliant. But he can be a bit negative at times. Just seem to be fading that out now, and we do start to be attacking a lot more. So, yeah, I think he's a good fit for Sheffield United. A lot of people don't seem to like him. Uh, we don't care. He's doing a good job for us. Which three Sheffield United players are in the running for player of the season? If you'd asked me before the World Cup, I'd have said, take your pick. But uh, looking at it now, I'd probably say Ilderman and Dye. Absolutely sensational. Can't look much further past him. Uh, Anel, I'm, I'm, Anel Akmed-Hodzic. Yeah, try saying that one after a few pints. Is just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely sensational. I don't know what, how we got a player like that, but we did, and he's been he's been outstanding. Through players that have had some off games, on games, Sander Berger, he's had some injuries, etc. So that takes him out of the ruling. I'd probably say Wes Fodderingham. Ever reliable at the back. Not made many mistakes all season and flies under that radar, but he's been brilliant for us. Would you give up your cup run or give promotion a miss to actually win it? Now, 
if you'd have asked uh, my colleague Jono, he'd have said he'd take the cup over promotion any day of the week. To me, knowing the financial situations, etc., etc., as much as my heart says the cup, we need to go up. So I'd sacrifice nothing for promotion. Because look at Wigan, they won the cup most recently, and now they're getting deducted points, going down to League One and say, oh yeah, but they won the cup, they can always say it. That, that's great when your club's in danger. Nobody really cares. Don't matter, we're going to do both. Not really. We'll probably miss out on both. We'll probably end up finishing third, losing it playoffs and getting spanked by Man City. <laughs> Score prediction for Friday's game. Now, I've said it, it's going to be a one all draw. Wigan... I've had some good results at Bramall Lane. <laughs> They've also had some good results against promotion contenders in the past. You did us a favour by uh, beating Leeds that time. I'm hoping we've got enough to beat you. I really am. If you look at the table, writing should be on the wall. But we all know it's football that never works out like that. And I've got a funny feeling it's going to be a one-all draw. Well, Johnny said there, are they in good form? Are they grinding out results? And like he said, it is a bit of both. And they've played 38 games so far this season. So when he split sort of 19 and 19 to have a look. In the first 19, they got 10 wins, 5 draws, 4 losses. The recent 19, they've got 12 wins, 2 draws and 5 losses. And 4 of those losses have come in the last 8, so they're a little bit shaky. And I wanted to see actually where... We know they've had a few big wins this season, so I wanted to see when they were coming in. And they had a 3-0 versus Blackburn back in August, a 4-0 versus Reading back in August, and a 5-2 against Burnley in November. But then I looked at where the form started to drop off and what, what was happening they lost Sander Berg to an injury. And when they lost him, that's when it really started to get a little bit shaky for them. And just in the midfield, they were losing a few battles. And then once he came back, they went on a nine-game unbeaten streak. But we all know that Middlesbrough had started to catch them. Then they played Middlesbrough and they lost 3-1. And since then, that's when a lot of the, the rocky patches started to come. Is it what we've sort of seen when we won the league last year? You're just trying to crawl to the end of the finish line and it's starting to catch up. But you've also got to look at the FA Cup run that they're on. They go and play Manchester City very soon in the semi-final of the FA Cup. They've just beaten Tottenham and Blackburn, so there might be a little bit of a burnout with them, but they're still second in the league. They've got 73 points from 38 games. Then they've got the second-best goal-scoring record, the second-best defence as well, so they're deservedly up there. In the last six games, they have won four of them and lost two, and so they've got home defeats to QPR, Rotherham, Middlesbrough and Luton, so maybe we can try and sneak in and get a win against them. But they have got some very, very strong players. I know Johnny mentioned Wes Fodderingham in goal. He's got 15 clean sheets this season from 35 games. He's only conceded 30 goals and 27 of those have come inside the box and just three of them have come from outside the box. So we're struggling to score a little bit and we've really got to try and get in that box to score because it doesn't look like we're going to get many chances outside. And then looking in the defence, they, they picked up from Malmo, centre-back Arnold Omodhodzic. I'm sure everybody's heard of him. He did brilliant against us last time. Five goals and two assists from centre-back with 13 clean sheets in 34 games. And whether they go up and they can keep hold of him is another, another option completely. I'm sure that a lot of Premier League sides are going to come swooping. And then you just got to look into the midfield. They've got James McAtee on loan from Manchester City. Six goals and two assists in 30 games. And he got the game-winning goal last time out. That was assisted by Max Lowe, the left-back, who's just come back from an injury as well. So he's um, straight in the starting lineup, sort of a left-wing-back position because they play quite a similar formation to what we do. And then the star man up top, Illiman NDI, 11 goals and 7 assists in 38 games. He hasn't scored since Reading, though, on March the 7th, but you know he's no doubt going to be their player of the season and he's always going to be a threat if he's on the field. I asked... Johnny, about the manager as well, Paul Heckingbottom. He, he's made up with him. He did a good job at Barnsley, if we remember, uh, but he was in charge there. He came up with us. Was it 2016, that, Adam? 2016, I think it was. 2016, yeah, yeah. With, uh, with 
with back because I think Lee Johnson had left on in mid season and mm. Heckingbottom brought him up. They had some good players then, didn't they? Hurahan was there, wasn't he? And Sam Winnow, yeah. So they had some good players, but they, I think they went from bottom to sixth, didn't they? And uh, sn- snuck in on the last day, beating us 4 1. <laughs> <laughs> a drunken Wigan Athletic, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, definitely a drunken Lee Nichols. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. So, yeah, not a bad not a bad boss in, in Eckie Bottom, but he said he's been a little bit adventurous at the moment. Would you take a point? Will you take a ref watch at this point? Absolutely, Paul, absolutely. Let's have a ref watch then. The referee will be Andy Davis from Hampshire. And he's a former professional footballer with Gillingham, Portsmouth and Yeovil. And he was appointed to the national list of EFL referees in 2012 and then to the select group two of referees in 2014. Previously, Andy Davis has refereed the Latics 12 times. Three of those have been this season... Birmingham and Rotherham away, and the last time we scored twice, Blackpool at home at the DW, and all three of those were wins for the Latics. There was also a red card in two of the games. Against Birmingham, he sent off Joe Bennett, and against Blackpool, he sent off Marvin Akpariagin, Paul Edom Ekpiteta in the 17th minute. His card watch so far this season, he's taken charge of 20 games. 13 of those have been in the Championship. He's issued... 72 yellows, two reds, and he's awarded two penalties. And that's Andy Davis, who'll be your referee for the visit to Bramall Lane on Friday. So he's awarded two reds and they've both been in our games. Anyway, on to the previous. We've met <laughs> Sheffield United 21 times down the years, winning six, drawing five and losing ten. In the last five league games played between the clubs at Bramall Lane, we have three wins, one draw and just the one defeat. However, we've lost the last three meetings, including obviously the 1-2 defeat in the reverse fixture back in uh, December. Uh, So a couple of interesting facts about the rivalry. Barry will know a lot more about our promotion season from Division 4, where there were some epic battles during that uh, season between uh, the Blades and the uh, Latics, Latics promoted, and I think Sheffield as champions. The one that stands out, obviously, away from home for any Latics fan will, of course, be uh, the 2-1 win in 2007 uh, when a uh, goal from uh, Paul Sharna and a penalty from uh, David Unsworth contributed to a 2-1 win. We were really holding on. Emil Heskett centre-half that day, heading everything as Lee McCullough had been been sent off uh, for two bookings. Uh, Unfortunately for me, uh, despite those three wins in the last five, I managed to go to the two games in which we drew and lost. I'm going to the game on Friday. So maybe they'll have a word with the stewards and not let me in. Um, so that's the uh, that's the previous uh, back to Barry for the predictions. Unless you want to say anything about our Division Four battles. Uh, well, Rob Edwards, I seem to uh, recall, was was the main striker in in that division that season. The last time I went to Bramall Lane was uh, two Will Grigg penalties, one he scored and one he missed, and he was having like a bit of a personal battle with the uh, with the goalkeeper, having a bit of banter between each other. He scored where the Latics fans were studs. We went up that season as well. As far as Friday goes, 
I, I was listening to to what Johnny said, and he's not very confident, to be honest. Which he's not getting carried carried away. He uh, sounds like uh, he's looking at it through sensible eyes. But if I was in his position, I'd have been screaming three and four nil. You know, if we were second in the table, going for a promotion and playing the boss for the table, that's what you're looking at. But then again, you remember when we've been in that position. I remember us playing against Wimbledon a, a couple of seasons ago, and. Uh, they they came up to the DW Stadium near the end of the season. They got a one-all draw. And you know what? That is exactly what I'm going to go for. I think we're going to snatch a sneaky little 1-1. So Barry says, one apiece. Well, for me, it reminds me, Good Friday, it was a, it was a day when you weren't at work, so there was always that scope to go nightclubbing. And I think it reminds me very much of that because if we come away and we haven't been absolutely hammered, that's not a bad result. If we come away and we've picked something up, that's a reasonable result. And if we come away and we've picked up three, that's a belting result. Yeah, it's as I said last on Sunday, it's an eight, a seven-game tightrope now. This is the one bit where we can half expect to sort of wobble and, and maybe just about stay on the tightrope. I'm just going to go with a dour nil-nil, and I'll be more than happy with that. I'm saying this has got Leeds 2019 written all over it. Because when we played them at Ellen Road, it was April. Leeds were high-flying. We were struggling. And we ended up uh, getting a result over them. We won two one. We don't have Gavin Massey available, but you know I think we're we're maybe going to do it. I think like Adam said before, probably going to compact the midfield. Maybe do Tom Naylor, Chris Teehee, and Max Power be a bit more defensive than than attacking. Obviously, when we can't really score, but no, I think we're going to win win two one. But against Leeds on that day, I'm just looking now. We had 36 shots we had to face by Leeds, ten of them on target. We only had eight and we had two on target and both of those were goals. So sometimes you got to go and do a smash and grab and I think that's what we're going to do. Of course, that game, 10 men as well, wasn't it? For a long period of uh, long period of time, uh, grinding those results out. I think for me, it'll be a 5-3-2, the wing, the wing backs as usual, three centre-halves who looked pretty good on Saturday. Um, and it might give Price an opportunity to get further forward as he has been trying to do in recent matches as well. What I would be, um, I would advocate is Callum Lang playing that kind of number 10 role because I watched Paul Mullen do it uh, against a first-choice Sheffield United defence and sort of tricky players, you know, taking it on the half turn. The Sheffield United defenders seem to struggle with that. So I think Fletcher's is going to play, obviously, for his work rate and getting into corners, into the channels. But I'd, I'd probably go for a, a Callum Langle there as well. I can only really see, a, if we're going to win, it's going to be narrow. But, you know, other teams have done it to us in the past. Cambridge last year, if you remember, you know, towards the end of the season. Squeaky bum time, as Fergie would say. So I'm going Sheffield United nil, Wigan Athletic one. Right, let's have a look at uh, the Good Friday fixtures that affects us in the league. Uh, a quick look at the table shows us still at the bottom of the table on 34 points. Uh, and then we've got Blackpool on 35. Huddersfield has put a little bit of a run together. They're undefeated in the last three and they're on 39. Level on points with Cardiff in 21st, the first team out the uh, relegation zone on 39. And they're not in the best of form. Reading, who's just been it with a six-point deduction. In the last five games, they've only picked up two points, so they're not in good form. Uh, Rotherham, 41 points. And QPR, as we know, shocking shocking run at the moment. For me, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think they're probably or possibly the team that, that are going to find themselves dropping into the 
bottom three out of all, all the others. So I think that's the us Blackpool and Othersfield have probably got our sights set on QPR, catching QPR. Looking at the fixtures, we start off with a, a six pointer Blackpool v Cardiff at Bloomfield Road. That'll be a tasty uh, afternoon. QPR and PNE. Charlie's just informed us that Chad Evans is out. So that's a bit of a blow for everybody, apart from QPR. Reading v Birmingham, Rotherham West Brom. Obviously, we're at Sheffield United and Watford and Uddersfield. Tough fixtures. Well, obviously, Blackpool or Cardiff are going to pick something up. But I, I mean, we've just got to look at it. We're five points behind 21st position. You know, don't chase a team, chase the position. If, we, if we're still five points behind, having played the toughest game we've got, we're on the tightrope still. I would agree with that. I think because we are chasing the position, I, I would prefer Cardiff to lose in the game against Blackpool. We certainly don't want Cardiff to win. A draw wouldn't be a disaster for us, but, you know, we've got to be, it's got to be the sides of others. You know, we may as well finish bottom as finish third bottom. So we've got to be targeting the teams outside the positions outside of the of the bottom three. Just on the Reading one, it's the psychology of Reading because they were almost on the beach early, weren't they, really? With that six points, I know it was hanging over them, but they did, not, they did all the hard work in the first part of the season, got lots of points on the board and have been slowly drifted since. Two points, as you said, in the last six games. Are they going to be able to get up for it again? I don't think Ince is a great manager. Might be all right when it's going well, but you know there there might be a side that doesn't pick up many points now before the end of the season. So I think we've got a few to target. You talk about Reading there; they're the only team in the league that hasn't won a game in the last five. And then you look at how many they've conceded. They've conceded fifty nine, and that's the same as us. You know that's relegation numbers. So like I say it is a mentality thing. And when I pretty much wrote them off weeks ago, and I thought, oh, they're too far up from the drop. They're not a team to really focus on. But let's just say we go and pull a miracle off at Bramall Lane. That puts us, well, saying that if they don't get anything against Birmingham, that puts us three points off them. They've completely looking over their shoulders at us and obviously like Huddersfield and Blackpool. So it makes it really difficult. And I think if the, I don't think they were that good when they came to the DW, you know, stupidly, we allowed that uh, free kick to go in. It wasn't very good. I don't think our wall even jumped. So. You know, they're there to be had. I think we'll probably beat them a few games when we play them. So I think when you're saying, you know, don't chase the team, chase the position, yes, but also Reading are there to be had. And if we can crank the pressure up on them, that's great. Are Reading our final away game this season, next to the Pills yeah, game? So second last, yeah. I think if results don't go our, our way, we could be we could be gone by then. But if we're not, if you're going into that game uh, needing something, you know, thinking back to, to that game at the DW, they were no better than us. In fact, in fact, I thought we were far better, far better than what they were. We were just typical Wigan Athletic, stupid free kick and, and didn't take any chances. What, what um, free kick I seem to remember it was a very uh, soft free kick. It, yeah, he just run across the box, didn't he? The edge of the box. And it was like more of a coming together. It wasn't even in the Joe Williams territory, which I think is the craziest free kick to give in the history of free kicks. You know, the one that relegated us against yeah, Fulham. It was in that territory, yeah. But we've got to pull our socks up, haven't we, and just crack on. We've, we've been it with injuries. We've had the points deduction. We've just got to crack on. I think we've got ourselves a good manager. The only thing that I'm, I'm worried about with us is our inability to score more than one goal in a game. And if that's going to be our downfall, well... But defensively, we look, we look all right, don't we? When, you, when you're way up who we've got to play, there's opportunity there for us to pick points. Rubbish. 
Yeah. Yeah. It takes I one mean, player. It takes one player to have an absolute stormer for something to click. Ashley Fletcher, let's just take him. It just takes him, you know, one game to think, all right, you know what? I'm just going to try and score a bit more. And then <laughs> he'll get a goal a game from now until the end of the season. He'll assist. You know, it, it could happen. We've seen it. Football's a, a strange, strange game. So who knows what's going to happen? It is exciting, though. You'd love it, wouldn't you, for him to finish on seven goals this season, you know, bag another five in the running. How good would it be again if we went to that last last game? It was basically almost like a playoff. There'd be 20, 25,000 on for that, wouldn't it? Could you check it, though? Would the nurse check it? I mean, yeah, oh, I just... that's, what you've got to, that's what you've got to go for in football. That's what it's about, adrenaline. And I mean, I agree. as, as nerve-wracking as it was, the best game <laughs> ever at the DW Stadium was Wigan 3, West Ham 2. Oh, my goodness, Adam, what a game that was. <laughs> That's the greatest tra- drama ever. In- I mean, we've had some great great games at home, but uh, is the, I don't think you could beat that for drama. I remember Gary Gary Caldwell running down the right wing, dribbling dribbling the ball down. It was it was like a, somebody said it the other day, it was like a basketball game. Oh, you know, oh it was ridiculous. Oh. Both sides going, both sides going for it. They missed an absolute sitter, wasn't it? Carlton Cole, I think it was missed an absolute sitter. We hit the post and it bounced back to the keeper. Yeah, Ben oh, Watson. When they all went running on the pitch as well, Mike Mike Pollock was running on, wasn't he? Yeah, we can but dream. So hopefully it, it will come down to giving us. I mean, I'd set that now. Last game at home. I'll take that chance. We'll be back on Easter Sunday to give all the reaction to the Sheffield United game and we'll be looking ahead to Swansea City on Easter Monday. So until then, it's a, a piece from me and up the ticks. Come on. Up, up the, the ticks. ticks.